are canceled or we are not. Drake Hills, producer Nick, plugged in. This is a National Soccer Podcast. We are back after a week. Shall we call it that bye week? We're talking a little bit about soccer, but it's not what's going on on the field. Of course, Major League Soccer, as well as the other professional leagues around the world, are under a suspension. And with Major League Soccer targeting a possible return base following or after May 10th, we shall see. But in the meantime, as I said, producer Nick is with me. We'll be talking a little bit about how folks are getting their soccer fix in this time of quarantine, social distancing, all of that good stuff. We'll be talking with the best Australian football player Nashville can ever fathom. John Freeman, the voice of Nashville SC, and is on 102.5 The Game, as well as 94.9. He'll be talking with us a little bit later. But for now, producer Nick, check in with me. How are we doing? Doing good. Yeah, I'm in the office, so I sound a little clearer. Drake's calling from home. We're uh, yeah, we're we're supposed to be staying at home. Well, shouldn't I? I, I should note that. That's all right. Producer Nick, producer Nick is in his regular spot, but I am sitting in a very, and unfortunately, uncomfortable desk chair, riding away for usual, but also preparing to record this podcast. Well, we need to get we need to get you a better desk chair so you can feel more comfortable and, and produce better better audio. I think I need to do more squats to eat more collard greens. I don't know which one it is. More lunges, more more squats, maybe uh, maybe some glute exercises. I don't know. I'm do not, some I'm yoga. Not. Yeah, some yoga might do it as well. Do you need a yoga mat? I can get you one. Yeah, I probably need one of those too. See, it's funny how this podcast is going on so far because we're having a conversation that we do it. We wouldn't even have this conversation if we were both in the news. We, 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 would, we would have this conversation. It just wouldn't be on the air. Let's be honest there here. You go. Producer, producer Nick with the with the blatant honesty. <laughs> we like we like to kid each other a lot off off air and in in the newsroom and uh, those those conversations go a lot of places. We try to you know our our attempt for the first three episodes when we had football to talk about was to to keep it mostly on the field. Now you know we can kind of let loose a little bit. Um, well, of course, Jaime Cardenas. Right, yeah. Uh, car, of course, Jaime Cardenas is not here. Um, he oh, is. Where do you know where Jaime is? I, is he just at home? Jaime is in, in the comfortability of his home, but he is good for him. Away. Okay. And we will have Jaime. I am putting it right now. I'm holding myself accountable. We will have Jaime Cardenas back on the National Soccer Podcast. That's a plugged-in guarantee. But we will make sure that he is on the schedule, on the agenda. He will be the talent for the next episode, likely in two weeks' time from now. But let's get into the agenda. So, of course, as we said, we'll be talking with John Freeman later. You will get the chance to hear him and tell some stories about how he got involved in the soccer world, involved in MLS, involved in calling and doing play-by-play of soccer, but also a little bit about his experience with Australian football and the team he plays for here in Nashville. But before that, Nick and I had a little debate to go for. And I'm not going to lie, I put, I put a minimal amount of effort because I believe that I already know, based off of my experience of watching this team through preseason and the first couple of games of the season, who my five-a-side would be, my Nashville SC five-a-side. So, Nick... How do you want to do this? Do we do we want to do this mock draft style, or do we want to just pick whoever we think are the five best? And if they're the same, they're the same. If they're the same, they're the same. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. So, but we're do we are doing goalkeepers by by the way. So, so the goalkeeper counts into the five. Yes. Okay. Well, I think uh, we know. Are we both taking Joe Willis? I was actually getting ready to take. Adrian for the sake that I have to represent my city, 619, that is San Diego, California. With Adrian being from Chula Vista, which is a, I, it's still a part of San Diego for me. So I'm taking Adrian Zendejas between the sticks. I will uh, take mind. Joe Willis then. Happily okay, so take Joe Willis. Would you like to give your private side first, or would you like me to, to do the honors? Go for it. You can go. So I've got Adrian Zendejas. Starting with my five aside, 
And the reason why I chose him is because, first and foremost, I think he is a great, great keeper when it comes to his level. I mean, take a look at him. He's 24. He's got you know a little bit of experience playing for Sporting Kansas City and MLS. And matter of fact, there's just only one, uh, just only one full match. However, he's got some some pro experience with Swole Park Rangers, now known as Sporting Kansas City Two. Um, playing in the USL. So he's got some pro experience, but I think his style in playing with his feet, I mean, he's a vocal guy. He knows how to, you know, play in and around pressure. I'm not saying Joe Willis doesn't do that, but I'm just saying, of course, included in my bias is the fact that I've been able to see him, whether in training or in some friendlies, be able to do so and use his feet. So that's the reason why I chose Adrian Zadeos. Moving up forward, I think... Daniel Lovis is too quick for me not to keep him in my five-a-side. He's a quick guy. I mean, another thing is he's very strong, and I think that's the other reason why I'm picking another defender that will not only match the defensive prowess, but guys that can really get upfield and I think are, I would say, three of the four best crossers on the team. So in those three, Daniel Lovitz. And then my other player will be Taylor Washington, physical guy. I mean, great character, can play in and around, best passer of the ball on my – he's going to be the, one of the best defenders, I think, either on one of our five sides in terms of passing the ball. So I've got Zendejas, Lovitz, Washington. So now I'm going to go up to my third of the fourth best passers of the ball on this team and then a five side. That is my – all around Maestro, Randall Leal. That's my guy. We all know what he can do. He's very technical. We all know what he can do on the ball. He's the speed, and I think in a five-a-side, you're going to see his defensive work rate pop a little bit. You know, make sure you know what type of energy guy Randall Leal can be in a five-a-side in tight spaces. That's another thing. He's a guy who can maneuver in tight spaces, and in a five-a-side, I'm thinking you need an extra little pizzazz, you know, you need an extra little bit of creativity and a little bit more movement. I think Randall Leal can give me that. So, so far, I've got Adrian Sendejas, Daniel Lovitz, Taylor Washington, Randall Leal. Now, my five. Do you, do you know who's going to be, Nick? Guess who? I, I don't know. Are we going to get some David Akam in here? Or are we going to wait until yeah, I have to talk about that? I, I'm pretty, I'm, I thought that you were going to get David Akam, but... I, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will. Yeah, you probably will, because I'm going to take Hani Mukhtar. Very good. I'm going to take Hani Mukhtar because, although, yes, I did say that he was going to be... that I have three of the four best passers, but I was a bit conflicted when it comes to my fifth player, not because that there wasn't a lack of talent here, but I would say that I didn't want to pick somebody who you were going to pick, and I was going to pick David Akam. So now that I didn't pick David Akam, I'll say that Honey Mukhtar, now that I have the four best passers, in my opinion, on my side. So in the five to five, I, mean, I, think, I think my side's going to win, and it doesn't really matter who you're going to pick. Well, I think... Uh... I picked four other guys. You have Joe Willis as my my goalie, my goalkeeper, and then the other four. I feel like they can score at any time. Number one, or I guess number two here would be Walker Zimmerman. I think you have to have a guy who can defend, but also, you know, there's been there was talk, you know, before we had the stoppage of play here that that he would be somebody that would be better better served in this lineup in the original National SC MLS lineup to move forward. I think he could do that, and I think he'd be an excellent addition, an excellent passer, and an excellent, excellent physical presence on a 5 aside. And number three, Daniel Lovitz. His pace, his passing, his overall, you know, his overall football IQ, I think that's, you got to have a guy like that, and maybe with a little bit of pace as well. My number four is Dax McCarty. I think you need to have somebody that can kind of orchestrate things. Everything's kind of in a confined space. Uh, you have, you need to have somebody that knows how to 
to to look at a side and understand what needs to be done. And I think he'd be a good guy to do that. Plus, I think it wouldn't be outrageous for him to go forward and be the top goal scorer in my side and the top goal, goal scorer if our two sides played against each other. But I think this guy would be the top goal scorer, and that's number five, David Akam. You need a guy who can score from long range with some speed. What's so funny? There's nothing funny about this. David Akam. David Akam is going to be the guy. David Akam is a space-needing dribbler. I mean, he, I won't lie. He's, he's one of the best dribblers when he's on point and he's in form and he's 100% healthy when it comes to this roster, this National FC roster. But if we're talking about a five-a-side and you're telling me that you expect David Akam to be out of these ten players that both of us have respectively selected, <laughs> you think David Akam is the top goal scorer over Randall Leal? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what, what you guys are breathing in in the newsroom. But they they, they, they did bleach out that. the place on Monday, so I might be a it little... May not be, it may not be anything that is viral or contagious, but it is certainly <laughs> affecting your thinking here, sir. Well, I mean Walker Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman. We all know that Walker Zimmerman is one of the is one of the best dominant center halves in MLS, if not the most dominant in the era when it comes to set pieces or simply just defending all clearances and all service coming into the box. Yes, we all know this. But at the same time, we're talking about a five-a-side where everything's on the ground. You've got much tighter spaces. You need more swift movement, more quick, explosive, and and athletic movement. Then you're telling me you're picking. I mean, no disrespect, but it's a center back. I mean, you got to have two of the speedy guys. And in, in my opinion, I'm looking at Taylor Washington and Daniel Lovitz as not only speed guys, but they're they great, great lower body strength. I mean, they can get up and down. They can they can ping a pass in in, in tight spaces. They can also be able to dribble themselves. So. I mean, with those two, I don't really see if Walker Zimmerman and Daniel Lovitz can be my Daniel Lovitz and Taylor Washington. And then, of course, Randall Leal and Hadi Mukhtar, I mean, they're, just, they're, they're, they're too technical to go up against, uh, you know, a, a, a David Akam and a Dax McCarty. I mean, I don't Come know. On. I, just, I just think you're, you're, whatever you're breathing in that newsroom is not good for you, my friend. Well, the two guys that I thought about here, number one, for number one, at goalkeeper, if not Joe Willis, and I don't know if this, this counts, and you might be critical of me, he is on in the club. What about Matt Pickens as a, as a goalie in five aside? What do you think about that? Oh, oh well, I, I think I could be a little bit lenient here as he is a goalkeeper, and and I would say as as many training sessions as I've watched, Matt Matt Pickens, I could select about how on my right hand out of how many training sessions Matt Pickens did not get involved in either. Whether it's eleven v eleven or seven v seven or five aside, I mean, he's always getting down and dirty. He's got his boots on just like everybody else. He's not coming out there with with trainers on or or, or some some sort of running shoe. I mean, he's out there with his boots on. He's ready to he's ready to go. Well, and in um, five months ago, I, he was I, what I the set. Allow you to count Matt Pickens. Yeah, five months ago, he was one of the top two or three goalkeepers in the USL. So I think. He was an award-winning USL goalkeeper. He, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. And, and you do wonder, you know, Joe, I, w- I would still pick Joe Willis, but that, that thought definitely came into my mind. And my on-field guy for, for the, number, the number six guy on my five-team, five-player team was Alan Wynn. And for some of the reasons that you said about the pace and the space. and Music City makes. He, w- he would bring that. And I know everything's on the ground and all that. I think he would be a pacey, good guy to have on the outside. But if I'm going to have Daniel Lovitz and David Akam, I can't have Alan Wynn, too. Maybe I can. I don't know. It is my team. But Either way, I just don't see how you decide to pick Dax McCarty and Walker Zimmerman for this five-side. With You know, your, your, your pairing, Dax, is probably going to be the one playing, playing good passes, but all he's got to work with is David Akam. I mean, well, maybe Daniel Lovitz, but, you know, what is... You know, what is Walker Zimmerman going to do in this? I mean, even if you want to throw Joe Willis, up, you know, higher up, higher up the court or, or field, whatever surface we're playing on here, I mean, there's not really much you can do against my Daniel Lovitz 
in my Taylor Washington. Stick to your stick to stick to coaching your team, and I'll stick to managing mine. Oh, whatever. Anyway, we're going to move forward in the agenda, and as we were talking about earlier about getting the soccer fix right. I mean, what? How are we? How are we able to be able to get that? that thing that we thirst for and we feed on in the game of soccer, whether it be in the Champions League in Europe or whether it be with MLS. We talk, we're going to be talking with John Freeman later on, but Nick, I know that you're in the newsroom and you're the usually one who has the remote. I mean, for everyone that doesn't know, if you walk into the Tennessee newsroom, there's a TV as you make a left coming down as you enter the sports, I, I guess you could say, section, the, the sports club, if you will, there's a TV on the right side just before you make your way down the hallway. And on that TV, if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday, there's a chance that there is Champions League football on. And if not, there's maybe a midweek English Premier League game or maybe even an MLS replay game. Guess who has the remote? Producer Nick. So if Nick can't do that now with no sports and especially no Major League Soccer or no soccer at all, how is producer Nick getting his soccer fix? Well, I did watch. I, I'm a big, big Everton fan in the Premier League, in the English Premier League. So I, I've watched last year's uh, Everton four nil. I believe it was four nil win over Manchester United at home. That was last April or so, last spring. I've watched that. I've I've watched a lot of games on YouTube. A lot of highlights on YouTube. Um, what was there was after reading that story that was on the Athletic about the 25 untold stories. From the history of Major League Soccer, I did some some rehash on some early Landon Donovan, um, some early and and some David Beckham and the LA Galaxy, just and some early stuff like the Kansas City Wizards, the San Jose Earthquakes from back in the early two thousands. Is no one number one? It's a totally different kind of game now, and thankfully, I would say it has its character. That's for sure. Early 2000s MLS certainly certainly has its character, but I'm very glad we're in 2020 MLS and the quality of play is is what it is right now. Uh, what I mean yeah. that that's what I'm doing, and I'm playing a little bit of FIFA as well. But I don't know, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, I think I'm FIFA out, man. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I mean, I I played I'm pre- I played pretty much the majority of a of a season in manager mode in less than what two weeks. I mean, it's it's killing me, man. I mean, my birthday was two weeks ago, and in, in two weeks to this day, Wednesday, March 25th, I was born on March 11th. But in two weeks, I think I've played more FIFA than I've played in the entire year of 2019. So I think I'm, I'm FIFA'd out, man. I'm not even going to lie. So I will say, though, that what I believe is most underrated about soccer in this world, particularly for the Americans that consume this, this beautiful sport, is the movies. I mean, the, 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 the art that is done, the stories that are told, whether they're fiction or fact. I mean, how many people know about Santiago Munoz? I don't think enough, man. No, you're, you're, you're right, man. I think the legend of Santiago Munoz means, I mean, for goodness sake, I'm not going to tell you uh, what factor he plays in my home, but he does play a factor in, uh, you know, uh, just an appreciation for his for his legend. Uh, you know, what about on Netflix? For those who don't know, Sunderland Till I Die is Next now week. the second season. Can't wait. Sunderland Till I Die was second season. I mean, that's another thing. I just really think there was a big gap from, like, Air Bud to, <laughs> like, I don't even know. Is I don't even think there it really is a modern version of Santiago Munoz and Goal of Dream Begins. I just... I think there needs to be one, like a movie that invigorates, reinvigorates, I should say, like soccer culture in the U.S. I mean, there's got to be a blockbuster one. I just really, I really crave that, you know. So that's just been, that's just been what I've been on uh, in terms of my soccer fix. Now, of course, you'll hear a little bit about my passion for fashion when it comes to the sport of soccer. With, our, I'll be asking John about you know some of the things that he loves about the game. But I would say for me, man, I'm loving just taking a look at look back at some of these these throwback games, like whether it be you know the Champions League of you know ninety four, ninety five, or ninety three, ninety four. 
think it was 94, 95, when Ajax won and beat Milan in the final in Vienna, a 1-0, and Patrick Kluivert scored the game winner. I mean, it had an Ajax team fresher than ever, you know, you know mid-90s soccer kids, you know, bit like, you know baggy, um, interesting print designs. I mean, just good stuff, you know. And on top of that, you've got talent like Edgar Davies, Patrick Kluivert. Um, I mean, the, the list goes on of some some of the best. You know, Clarence Seydorf. I mean, some of the best players, and whether it be Dutch football or just European football, I mean, that's awesome. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of a of appreciation MLS for a bit of a throwback they did as well. But I think it's the switch and bring in John Freeman the voice of Nashua SC uh, on ESPN 94.9, as well as sometimes on 102.5 The Game. Here he is. As promised, of course, we've got a special guest. Special, special guest. John Freeman himself. John, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming in on Up Day to talk with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jay. No. Of course, I, I tried to warn you now. We're not going to necessarily pay attention to the game as it's played or as, as, as we all love to watch it on our couches uh, during this time. But we're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, how are you getting your fix otherwise? You know, John, we, we know you have the great voice. We know you can play some Australian football. Okay? you got some talent here. But, I mean, what, is, it the, is, it, is it the toilet paper? challenge? I mean, what, how are you getting your fix in this time? What's going on with you? <laughs> That's a good question. I think everybody's having a hard time answering that. Uh, honestly, soccer is it's hard to find a, a way to plug in uh, in the way that we've all been consuming it over the last month or so in Nashville. I can't tell you there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of dog walks. Uh, a lot of meals have been cooked. Uh, and I will tell you, I'm thinking about you know, when the games finally do come back, what are some things I want to say on those broadcasts? And if I've got, you know, time to think about them, hopefully, you know, if the moment comes, I've got some things uh, that I want to say when, when it does. But, uh, man, it's, it is a struggle. Uh, there was a very, very dark moment, right? Uh-oh. I reverted back to about 1994, which was the beginning of my play-by-play career in my parents' basement playing FIFA 94, and instead of actually playing the game myself, setting it to computer mode, and actually doing the play-by-play on Sega Genesis, that's how old I am, there was a <laughs> moment where I, I truly considered it here in, in March 2020. Can I throw on FIFA? Can I put it in computer mode? Can I do the play-by-play? And I, I got to the controller selection screen, and I was like, no, I it's a little desperate. I'm just going to have to waste my time out here. But it has been done. This is as an original story here, John. Because usually, I mean, usually when you're talking about, you know, play-by-play, obviously, whether it's putting on a game on TV, so watching it, but we're going to stay with the, we're going to stick with the rules here. So not watching it and not playing it, and yet you're still able to get your play-by-play back in, back in 94. I mean, that's, that's as original as it gets. It's interesting. You, you talk to a lot of, Sports broadcasters in in my age range, you know, anywhere from 25 to 40 or so, and a lot of them have the same story of you know they started on PlayStation or MySpace and Nintendo or in Second Genesis, but yeah, a lot of us actually started our play by play doing video games, uh, and and that's very small, small isn't it? You know, Blades of Steel on uh, Nintendo, so I get some hockey play-by-play in as well. If people ever ever want free fire, I got some years, <laughs> years ago. But I'm a little worried about our industry is that, you know, here are all these kids now just locked inside in their parents' basement training, training to take our job uh, in, in sports broadcasting. So who knows what effect it will have, uh, but maybe some guys are getting some more rest during this whole, whole situation. You said '94, so do you have do you have any memorabilia? Do you do you have any proof for this? Because um, I, mean, I think about '94, I think about some of the best kits ever to be seen on a soccer field ever. I mean, I think of 
Nigeria 1994 World Cup kit. I think of even some of the, you know, whether whether it's you know lower league soccer in the U.S. or I'm thinking like Parma or someone from Syria. Some of the best kits that I've seen are some of the other things that don't necessarily have you know actual gameplay involved, but yet it it feeds the soccer culture, whether on a world view or even in America. I mean, how, what was the experience at that point? Do you still have memorabilia or something that, that you hold on to from that time? Yeah, the, the second genesis is, is long gone. Uh, <laughs> that would be, be some money. You could sell that and make some serious yeah. money, man. I think I sold it, you know, in 1998 on Yahoo Auctions. Or eBay, which you kind of think. No, I don't have any memorabilia. Uh, uh, of soccer back then. I, mean, I grew up in a small Virginia town, so uh, even the thought of, of you know watching international soccer was quite a quite an afterthought. I do when somebody says, "Okay, well, soccer from the mid '90s. What is your your recollection of it?" Uh, the image that comes to my mind, you know, throw it out, jerseys and, and kits and designs, is Alexi Lawless with the denim. Oh, uh, the Denim, uh, Stars, USA 1994 World Cup jersey, the red hair, the red yeah. jersey, the entire look. To me, that is that is mid '90s soccer, uh, and that's, 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 I don't have much memorabilia, but that's what sticks in my mind for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, was, he, he reminded me of like a union officer, you know, back in back in the 1800s. You know, if you got the you got the coat, you got the the, the the ungroomed facial hair, the long curly hair as well. I mean, he was—he basically transcended like American identity for what soccer really is, you know, right? I mean, somebody who's—he's not—he's not the clean groom comb over. And even in even in Europe, I mean, with the Jerry curl still trying to pop out a little bit, but that was the extent of it. So yeah, I think what's uh, what's fun about well, there's not much fun about in the situation we're in now, but. Uh, it has given a lot of writers time to go back to like the early days of Major League Soccer. Uh, so you're talking a launch in, in the mid-90s after the 94 World Cup. Some of the stories and the characters early in the league are unreal compared to the professionalism of the athletes in the league now. So like I grew up uh, in Central Virginia and we had what we call Home Team Sports was the channel, which definitely not around anymore. Uh, and they were the flagship television station of D.C. United. And some of the articles coming out about, like, old D.C. United teams and RFK Stadium and Marco Echeverri and Raul Diaz Arce and even the jerseys back in the early MLS days are wild uh, in the designs of those. So, you know, as a aficionado of 90s music, I, I think I would consider myself an aficionado of 90s soccer as well. Yeah, Metro, like the Metro Stars kit, I remember that one. I think that was 98 or 97. I mean, you got, I mean, because that was a pretty, that was a pretty cool colorway too. Like you had the black and the, and the red. Um, even like a gold and black and, you know, Dallas Burner, like another, another, another colorway like that. Obviously Kansas City Wizards, um, was. And everybody wearing shirts like three sizes too big. Yeah, pretty much everyone's. But the first part of their arm was completely gone. I remember those. So if you had if you had skinny forearms, you were you looked like you were a, a teeny tiny midfielder out there running against everyone else. Um, I personally haven't done the the, the Techers challenge with the toilet the toilet roll, but I mean for me, I think I have a similar experience too, like going back and watching like Ronaldo highlights or taking a look at some of the best comebacks in MLS history. I mean, MLS had just put out a program two days ago about the San Jose Earthquakes coming back in 2003, uh, beating and knocking off LA Galaxy. They were down 2-0 in the first leg. They come back and they go down 2-0 again in the second leg. So they basically are down 4-0 on aggregate. And all of a sudden you got, you know, Dwayne D. Rosario, Landon Donovan for San Jose Earthquakes making a comeback from four goals down. I mean, some of the things like that where you can really appreciate where MLS has, has come from, but also even the top quality that was back then. And like you said, some of the best icons and personalities in the, in the game 
in MLS and even in world soccer, I would argue, I mean, that's some stuff that you can't really have time or make time for if, you know, we're going week to week, you know, playing the current MLS season. So I definitely say the nostalgia is, is key. But, man, 1994, I think you beat me, John. I really do. Yeah. Think you beat me. What, what video game for soccer did you grow up on? I'm afraid to ask that. Oh, Ryan, no, I'm afraid Ryan, to answer it, my friend. You know, FIFA 90 or 2005. So you're close, though. You're close, though, because I had I had the Landon Donovan FIFA 02 version on PlayStation 2. Like Landon Donovan, uh, Frosted Hair Landon Donovan? No, 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 no. This was, this was, this was already receding, you know, Brown Hair Landon Donovan, San Jose Earthquakes, um, I believe he was still, yeah. I mean, I mean, that, at that point, yeah, he was he was in San Jose Earthquakes kid, and I remember that was interesting because I had thought that I was like, wow, American Landon Donovan is on the front of, you know, FIFA for everyone around the world, and then I came to find out find out that there was like three different other uh, versions in terms of the in terms of the front covers. So, uh, you know, that was that was the start for me in terms of in terms of FIFA. And I just remember I was either playing with him in, in the Earthquakes or I was playing with Manchester United, of course. Um, and at that point, it was kind of like they were, hey, you couldn't beat them yet. You know, Beckham, yet Paul Scholes, you know, Edwin Van de Sar and Gaulle, yet Ruben Van, Van Nistelrooy up front, even um, Mikhail Sylvester, Ruben Ferdinand, you know, some of the top players uh, during United's quality runs so to speak. But, you know, John, I know that I brought up Australian football. Is that something that you know, maybe you're watching to kind of take away the pain of not having soccer to watch? <laughs> yeah, and, and to give uh, people who, who are listening uh, some background, uh, I, I play Australian football. We have a I should also say Nashville the Kangaroos. Nashville Kangaroos. Nashville uh, Kangaroos. Look out for John Freeman when they come back. Yeah, games at, at Elmington Park. Uh, season, season schedule to be determined. But, uh, yeah, so I played Australian football, which I've done since I moved to Nashville. And been fortunate enough to even play it on the, the international level. But um, it, it's, uh, it's a sport that is, uh, I'm still figuring it out, even, you know, in, in five years. But uh, as we all know, I mean, sports leagues were getting postponed all over the world um, up until last week when it seemed like pretty much every one of them had um, entered into a freeze for, for quite some time, yet Australian football, uh, the Australian Football League, the AFL Australia, decided that it was okay to have Australian football games, a high-contact sport uh, with 18 players aside playing in front of empty stadium. Uh, and because it was the only live sport happening almost in the entire world, um, Fox Sports 1 decided that they were going to air it. Um, oh, and over this, this past weekend, my phone would not stop shaking all night. Um, people were just saying, I can't believe you play this. What, what, what does this mean? Why, why are they, you know, bouncing the ball? Why do they have to pass it with their hands? Uh, and, you know, it, it was a, a big moment for AFL because the entire world was uh, desperate for sports and they were watching it. But uh, they have since, since also... Uh, made the smart decision to close down. So uh, our last hope of live sports is, is now frozen in Australia as well. But, Drake, I'm still waiting on you to become our beat writer. That, that's why I came on this podcast. I'll try to make it to your audience. We can throw <laughs> some human interest stories. You can cover our game. Uh, just as long as we're, you know, front page of the sports section. Yeah, I'll have to make that pitch. Um let me know when that schedule comes out, and we'll definitely echo it. We've been talking with John Freeman, the voice of Nashville SC on ESPN 94.9 and 102.5, the game, and also a very prominent Nacho Kangaroos Australian football player. <laughs> um, we've been talking with him. Final question for you, John, is what is the hunger? Do you think there's, What's the level of hunger do you think that's going to come out of this break and out of this suspension? And what can you say from your time in Nashville Maybe note how long you've been here in Nashville and tracking the soccer movement. And can you tell us about you know, what you expect from the hunger and the culture of soccer in Nashville when MLS begins? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I moved here almost half a decade ago, uh, and there was there was zero stocks, um, at least from from a professional side. There was some very small um, amateur clubs. We all know the rise of, of Nashville SB. Um, even going to play pickup at the local park when I moved here, it's like, well, where do I go? Are there any people that, that are playing? And the answer was there, there's limited opportunity. Um, and now fast forward four or five years later, and here we are as a major league soccer team uh, as it stands right now. The, the, the season uh, you know, were to end today. They have the second highest ever attendance uh, in a, a major league soccer season at 59,000 uh, average per game. But it's a wild, wild uh, escalation of the sport um, and one that can't be mirrored anywhere else around the country. I mean, there's no other city that can say they went from uh, you know, amateur to this level of, of high professional soccer in, in such a short amount of time. So uh, obviously there is an appetite for it. And I think when this is all, all over, hopefully uh, much sooner uh, rather than later, I think people have been thinking about you know, what they enjoy about going to see the games. Um, and, yeah, the games are, are great and important and enthralling to watch, uh, in my case, broadcast. Um, but what really people like about the experience is who do they go with? You know, what is their game day routine? Who are they sitting with? Who's their favorite player? Um, and all these things that they had time to, to sit back and think about and, and learn to appreciate during this hiatus uh, I think we'll, we'll excite them when we finally get the green light and we can fill up Nissan Stadium again. And that will, you know, should Major League Soccer be able to target and succeed successfully reach that target of resuming uh, at following May 10th? You know, that's May 13th, a Wednesday, when National C was scheduled to go up against Philadelphia Union at Nissan Stadium. So there'll be a possible return should they reach. Should they reach. Uh, that target. John Freeman, I appreciate you coming on with us. And can I say go kangaroos? How does this happen? How does this work? Uh, yeah, I think the, the Australian way is they don't say go, you know, certain team. They say up the ruse. Uh, up so the ruse. Okay. So you, you can say that. Uh, up the ruse it is, my friend. You're writing that, that lead article on us. <laughs> all, right. all right. We'll talk to you next time, John. Thanks a lot, Drake. I'll see you at the next uh, National Wall Street game buffet, all right? Well, Nick, I think I am switching to becoming a natural kangaroo beat writer. You should have asked him where you could find some apparel. I would definitely get a natural kangaroo's T-shirt or something, I mean, a beanie. That's, that's just something that between John and I, you know, I'm going to be able to make sure that this is not going to be a hype beast moment where people are just want to jump on the bandwagon. I'm really into this thing. I really am. Man, that's got to be something you know. You don't you don't know you don't see that very often. You know, there's not uh, not Australian rules football being played in the middle of parks across America. That's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And like John said, you know, eighteen aside, I mean, that's just a lot of a lot of fellas going up against each other <laughs> yeah. in collisions, man. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't. Wanna, I would need like some, you know, some music or like an extra ambience from the crowd to be able to alleviate like any sort of sound that I hear from two men, you know, running full speed at each other and colliding. I mean, that type of pop, that would probably hurt me more than nails scratching a chalkboard. Like, I, I think that really beats that, you know? It's a contact sport, that's for sure. And to get to one of the points that you guys made, I know you were talking about the first FIFA or video game that you had. My first... Video game, my first soccer video game was FIFA 2004. Uh, I believe it was Thierry Henry and Ronaldinho on the cover. And yeah, that is I Arsenal. That was a trifecta cover, wasn't it? What's that? That was a trifecta cover. I think it was them two, maybe like Raul, uh, uh, not Raul. It was um, somebody from Juventus. Marquez, was it Marquez from Mexico? No, I think, I think it was somebody from Juventus on there on the other side. I do not remember who it was. I do remember Ronaldinho and Thierry Henry. Those are pretty. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's probably who it was. But uh, that wasn't the game that really got me, I have to say. The one that really got me, and you're going to love that. So I played that game, FIFA 04, on the PlayStation 2. The game that really got me, and it got me playing more than anything, was FIFA 06 on the Game Boy Advance. 
Okay, see, I was going to follow this up with FIFA 06 was probably my favorite early FIFA game, just in terms of the experience of gameplay. Like, that was probably my most favorite game. But I, how do you even play that on gameplay? What does that even look <laughs> it, like? It was, you know, I went home, it was about six, eight weeks ago, weeks ago I went home, and I saw that laying around. I guess it was. I think it was technically it was my brother's Game Boy. He's he's about five years younger than I am, and it might have been laying around somewhere in his room. And and I picked it up. I tried to play it, and it just did not. I couldn't. You know how how and I guess you know FIFA 20 isn't all that complex, but compare in terms well, in terms of more complex than people think. Oh my yeah, I mean yeah, but but. <laughs> When you compare it to FIFA 06 on the Game Boy? Trying to, trying to, play, trying to make a PK, trying to oh, gosh. a PK on FIFA 20, that is, that is a very egregious process. <laughs> it's, you feel like you're getting gypped sometimes. But, uh, but on FIFA 06 on the Game Boy, everything's from the, from the camera on the side, so you're trying to kind of guess and trying to... M- Image you put put the image on your head as to how to shoot, even though everything's from the side. Even penalty kicks, and even saving penalty kicks, it was just and everything is blurry, and you're picking teams, and all it is is just eleven blurry things. You know, if you were if you were Manchester United against Chelsea, it'd be eight or it'd be eleven, eleven red blobs against eleven blue blobs, and you kind of just pass it until you get down there and. If you don't score, then they go and pass it and go down there and it just, you know. But it, it it was it was one of the big things that helped me understand a little more about the people inside of soccer. You know, learning names, learning teams. You know, I wasn't I was twelve, but you know I I wasn't a big at that time I wasn't a big Premier League fan. Um, now I am, or you know, with that. Uh, with MLS, I'm also, you know, I wasn't a big, I hadn't yet moved to Columbus and become a Columbus Crew fan, but I had, I did learn a little bit about the MLS there, so it was, it was very fun to learn, and I guess, I know a lot of people now, when they play FIFA, that's a big part of the process, is learning names, and when you're we're trying to find people to add, you learn a lot about the, the, the players, even if it's not on the team that you're that your favorite team, like uh, you know, with Everton, I know everybody on Everton, and you know, go through all that. But when you like try to go loan or try to get somebody, get a young guy on loan, maybe you go through some rosters and you you find names that two three years from now you 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 see they'll blow up a little bit. Yeah, and you're you're like, oh man, I know who that is. I know he was that. You know, Andrew Robertson's a good good. Uh, the fullback from Liverpool. I remember playing Andrew Robertson. I, I was a whole city. I had a whole cent, a whole city, whole city uh, manager mode. I guess it would be um, for a couple of years on FIFA with him. And I guess Harry Maguire was on there as well. That's that's where I remember Andrew Robertson from most. Is when I played his whole city there for a little bit of time. I, I like doing the the thing where you go from League Two and the in the England English chant football system and go all the way up to the Premier League. That's my thing that I like to do. Yeah, I'm so proud of you, Nick, because you know, this is a good transition to the ending of of this podcast was I prompted us to ask, you know, what exactly is a factor or something great that you know is does not involve us playing soccer or watching games live, and I think FIFA is a great way because of the point that you made, being that the education is second to none to, in my opinion, any other video game out there as as of right now, in terms of sports video games anyway. And the reason being is obviously the plethora of players that you're working with, but it also, you know, FIFA has done a great job in educating on what, you know, the, the differences in clubs, like the, the makeups of these clubs, tactics, it tells you about you know the development and makes it a, a for you to understand the development of each player, you know how teams are constructed, different formations, you know what does formations mean and how playing style may differ in each of them. But I think you know if 
to your point, I mean, I have players like that as well. Somebody like Real Mbolo, you know, the Swiss international. He's, you know, he played in the World Cup a couple of years ago for Switzerland. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a, of Cameroonian descent, but, uh, you know, he's done well for, for Switzerland, but also has played in the Bundesliga for quite a while, you know, playing for FC Schalke. Now he's with uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. And he's got a guy who's only 23 years old. I mean, he just turned 23 about a month, about yeah, about a month ago, and you know, I started playing with him on getting him on loan in like a manager mode or something like that when he was you know 19, 20 years old, and here he was, you know, not even an 80 overall, so to speak, and now he's probably one of the more, I guess you'd say, elusive, fast and quickest strikers, you know, in the Bundesliga, if not in terms of players under the age of 24. In Europe, I mean, he's he's at that level now. So, I mean, of course, that that brings into play, you know, your your knowledge of the sport. But it certainly is something if you want to take a look at, you know, the different jerseys or learning about the fan culture and different stadiums around Europe and even the MLS or even some other, you know, clubs around the world. So, I I'm still FIFA'd out. But if I need to refer to any players that I think, whether National C needs to go sign from Europe. I mean, in the most ignorant way and naive way possible, why don't we just go and look at FIFA and see who they could buy? You'll get, you'll get some uh, criticism on uh, serious soccer Twitter about that. You know, that's a, yeah, that seems course, to be a course, meme course. of sorts. Twitter apparently, is, Twitter apparently is a very, very serious place. Where uh, FIFA, FIFA ratings are only uh, are something to make fun of more so than to uh, be informed about. I think good players, you know, I think, uh, you know, any, any time, and this is just from my experience of being on, um, any type of European club signs a guy that people quote unquote have never heard of, even though you have, you have heard of him. If you're really deep into European soccer, even, even so far as, you know, when Nashville signed Randall Leal or Hani Mutar, the first thing, I think some of the first things that I did you know, I, I can't say that I watched uh, Hani Mutar in Europe very often um, until... Well, I mean, but Hani Mutar is interesting, though, because if you really, really play, like, maybe I'm biased because, yeah, I support FC Bayern Munich, and I've watched the Bundesliga for pretty much the majority of this decade. Um, like, for me, if you haven't heard of Hani Mutar, whether playing FIFA in the Bundesliga or actually watching the Bundesliga you know, some three, four years ago. Um, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that you just maybe just forgot. Because it wasn't like Honey Mukhtar wasn't playing for Hertz or Berlin. I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. He was getting no, you're right. minutes, especially when he got brought up. You know, the average National SC fan, I don't think, would have recognized his name. And so if one of the first things I, I think people did was go out and... Podcast? Am I allowed to endorse people on this podcast? I think we can do whatever we want to. All right, to, yeah, to a I point. Think you should endorse FIFA. If you're a National SC fan and you want to learn more about MLS and soccer players around the world, go buy yourself a PlayStation or an Xbox and buy yourself a FIFA 20. With the caveat, of course, that for whatever reason, and it's been a frustrating thing for myself for a very long time, FIFA can do a lot of things. FIFA can update the ratings, et cetera, et cetera, but... Given that the game comes out in the fall of the previous, you know, the FIFA 20 came out in the fall of 2019, there is no Nashville SC or Inter Miami right now that you can put that are playable. That is correct. And that's very frustrating. That's been an MLS expansion issue for a long time. And I think for a, I'm about to get on a tangent here, for a league who wants to get these brands out, there has to be a way, given that all the changes that can be made to ratings and to gameplay, there has to be a way to get a, to get these expansion teams onto FIFA when the season starts, no matter if the game was six months out or not. I think that that is so that that to me there has got to be a technological way. Now I understand. Oh well, in September or October, whenever it comes out, oh well, we want all the National SC fans to buy FIFA 21. Fair enough. Let them buy FIFA 20. Go buy FIFA 20 in March when it's cheaper. I don't care about that for FIFA. 
I know I know FIFA's cheaper in February and March than it is for FIFA 20 than it is for FIFA 21 in October when it's sticker price. But put them on there so so fans can enjoy it. Fans, Inter Miami fans and Nashville SC fans are two of the very very few team fan bases who can't go play FIFA their team on FIFA on free play right now. I know there's some things about doing the ultimate team where you can make the jerseys look somewhat like it, or you can use the jerseys, I think. There's something about that. But you can't go and have David Akam, Dominic Baji, and Rendell Leal lead your team in attack against, say, Real Madrid, or whatever you want to do on free play in FIFA. You know, with this six-week or longer time period where we're not doing anything on the field, there's, it's just a missed opportunity, I think, for, for Nashville SC not to be on there. I know, I know they have no control over that. The team doesn't. But somebody should make, make it a point to make sure that those teams are on FIFA when they start their seasons or their inaugural seasons. It has to happen. I think it has to happen. That's my tangent. It's done. Producer Nick, I am so proud of you, Nicholas. I, I'm angry. I agree. I completely agree. I think you know something that you could use and could benefit from immediately if you were to be able to successfully make that happen. Well, I think that's enough time for us talking through your ears of Nashville and wherever you are getting your podcast and whatever you, wherever you are listening to this podcast. We appreciate you listening. We will have a, another Enterprise episode coming to you very soon. But until then... This is Drake Hills talking to you right now. Producer Nick, thank you very much for your tangent. Thank you, Drake. For a wonderful episode. Big shout-out to John Freeman. John Freeman, the voice of Nashville SC on ESPN 94.9 The Game 2, but also on 102.5 The Game. You could follow John on Twitter. Yes, follow John on Twitter at John Freeman TN. That is John Freeman TN, another feature, one of the best players, one of my favorite players of the National Kangaroos of Australian football here in the States. Thanks so much, Nick. I'll talk to you next time. This is Plugged In, a Nashville soccer podcast.